Hello, and welcome to the 17th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Laura McFadden, and I'm here with podcast co-host, Fozzie. Hey, guys. And Marina. What's up? All right, so full show again, finally. Mm-hmm. And um, after so Birth long. by Sleep is releasing on Tuesday. Hey. I'm not looking forward to that. Why? Because <laughs> I'm not getting it, and I go back to school oh. on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, bad day for Marina. Yeah. But um, anyway, I think that we are definitely going to have to put up some reactions after the fact. Kind of sucks that our schedule had this fall right before the release, but at least we can be all hyped up about it. I'm I'm waiting for my uh, I pre-ordered it at GameStop and I'm getting my little decals and whatnot. Yeah, I really want to get it, but like I don't have any money right now. <laughs> yeah, understandable. I need to get a job. <laughs> A bunch of my friends are actually trading in their their original PSP that they had before to get the bundle, oh. and I'm really curious to see all what comes in the bundle really and how pretty cool. it is. So, all right, so we have a two segment show for you today. We have our first segment of news and discussion, followed by questions and outro. And this podcast is produced by Gaming Union and Tweaks Music. It's on a rotating schedule with Final Fantasy Union and Minigup. It comes out on iTunes and GamingUnion.net. And the next should be on September 28th. And, you know, if we do a reaction show in the meantime, we'll let you know on Twitter or on the website. So uh, right now, no show updates. So I guess we'll just keep trucking along. So next we have Kingdom Hearts Union News. Um, Shout out to our Kingdom Hearts Union news posters. So I guess, Marina, would you like to take the first one? Sure, why not? <laughs> this is actually kind of cool. I, I might have to jump on this um, because I'm a big fan of Twitter. And our first news story is that the uh, Kingdom Hearts now has an official Twitter. And it's gone live. And, All uh, right. It's uh, at underscore Kingdom Hearts. That's the uh, username. Um, but the tweets are all written in Japanese. <laughs> and don't have a proper <laughs> translation. And I'm actually used to this because I watch a ton of Japanese people on Twitter. You... Um, and it's really hard to read anything that they're saying. So this is kind of going to suck for any American fans, I think. But Tetsuya, yeah. yeah. no, Nomura himself is apparently going to be tweeting and like being the main hub, main hub for announcements and stuff on Twitter. So that's going to be exciting. Mm. This, is, this is a sign of the times that instead of announcing at you know, a big game event, we <laughs> might hear about Twitter. it on Twitter first. <laughs> if we happen to be able to read Japanese. And I don't know if there's anybody who's committed enough to want to, you know, on demand guys, translate the guys, Kingdom Hearts that, Twitter. That tweet said Kingdom Hearts at three. <laughs> well, they're probably not going to mention anything where they would mention it at like E3 or Tokyo Game Show. They're probably not going to release anything like that information, I don't think, because they still need people to come to their event. So I'm that, that's thinking true. it's probably just going to be like slight updates, um, stuff that's already been announced at these conventions and things like that. Anything for anybody who just wants to follow in and have a little refresher, that type of thing. Yeah. I mean, it'll be nice to have, and actually, I find it funny that there's an underscore before it. It makes me wonder if there was an English account that took Kingdom Hearts before they did. Oh, probably. Even though they're official. <laughs> I mean, that tends to happen a lot. They have to have the whole verified account thing going, but I guess they don't have that for games. Uh, I think it'll be kind of cool. I might have to jump on it and watch them because um, I like it. You know, if you can read them, Nomura seems like the type who would kind of like say something, give a, like a random fun fact about Kingdom Hearts or something, or like post a concept sketch and just be like, hey, people yeah, on he'll throw us a bone. I'll be like, oh, cool for exclusive Twitter people. <laughs> Dude, I want him to twit pick like working at his studio. Yes. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, I want to see like his, like, sketchbook. 
All right. So I guess that's pretty much it for that. I'm going to have to follow them. But um, Fuzzy, you want to take the next one? Sure. Um, Square Enix has officially revealed their Tokyo Game Show plans. And the only Kingdom Hearts game that is on there officially is Kingdom Hearts Recoded for the DS. There will be a playable version there, and there will also be a featured trailer for the game. However, Tetsuya Nomura recently tweeted that there's another trailer that they're featuring at Tokyo Game Show that is catching a lot of attention. So they're thinking that it may be Kingdom Hearts uh, 3DS is another possible game trailer that they haven't announced but might be featured at the Tokyo Game Show. So anyone going to yeah. that will have uh, some fun with Kingdom Hearts, I guess. Since it'll probably be in closed theaters, like always. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, I'm not really surprised that uh, Recoded is going to be there since it'll be out, what, in October? Yeah. I think. Like yeah. And so, I mean, oh my god, they're trucking along with this one. I feel like we just heard about this, and honestly, we really did. We did. And, and um, you know, I hope they keep up this pattern of announce it and... We only have a little while to wait. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess uh, I wonder if we have anybody we know who will be there. I know I have a couple friends abroad at the moment who, you know, they might get to go on the floor. I think that you're allowed to buy tickets just kind of like E3. You know, they might not have any privileged access, but it'd be nice if they could get in there and take a look. Mm-hmm. I guess if uh, if any listeners happen to happen to be there or know of any places where people are posting live reactions, I know we get a lot of them from Japanese bloggers. We'll post them up there. So Yeah, Daryl and Kyle went last year, and they said they had a really good time. Yeah, it seems like a fun time. It's like E3 times a million because the With developers don't have to cross an ocean. Yeah, because the developers don't have to cross an ocean. It's mm. like ET. It's like E three with um, ET. <laughs> it's like uh, E three with ET phone home. It's like E three with uh, ninety times more the black hair, and then the uh, remaining <laughs> or ninety percent more black hair, and the remaining ten percent is brightly colored because they're cosplayers. Because they're mm-hmm. cosplayers, exactly. Yeah, Comicet just happened, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I guess that's pretty much it for that. I guess after TGS, we'll see what kind of coverage we get. You know, maybe if we're lucky, the trailer won't be in the closed theater. Although it always is. Always. Murphy's Law. So, um, Marina, want to take this next one, please? So, um, uh, apparently, uh, weekly updates are being released in Famitsu, uh, the Japanese uh, game magazine, in relation to Recoded. And uh, some screenshots this week were released of Riku. Um, and it showed Riku with Sora and King Mickey in the Disney castle. And Riku is having anxiety issues about being stuck in the data <laughs> world and having no way to escape. What is this, Tron? What, what is this, Tron? And uh, what is this, Riku actually being afraid of something? What? 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 This doesn't seem in character for him. <laughs> but I personally don't really care very much about Recoded, because, just because it was a cell phone game. Which means that kind of on principle, it can't be that awesome. On principle, they can't release much earth-shattering content in a game like that because hardly anyone's going to play it. I was kind of appalled that originally Agito 13 was for the cell phone. And now it's, Me too. Now it's for PSP and cell phone, and that makes a ton more sense because it looks like they're actually going to make like a really good game out of it. I was really shocked yeah. that they were planning on making it for a cell phone. I was like... Really? Yeah, it it cracks me up how, I guess, it was probably about five years ago that they first announced Agito, because I think it was the same year as E3. It was the same as the rest of the year. E3 2006? Okay, so four years ago. 
And, uh, like, I don't know about you, but I don't think smartphones were around back then. So what? They were planning on putting them on the just kind of like those Wait. extra pretty color cell phones? Yeah, the Docomo. Like, <laughs> who's going to do that? I don't know. Did you, have you seen Before Crisis at all, like, on the cell phones? Before Crisis, I've seen a couple screenshots, bad. and it just seems like... Like, oh my god, you had to take pictures of things of certain colors in order to activate materia? The the pixel, like, the way that they're all pixeled and stuff, it's not even good pixelation. It's, like, ridiculous. and like That's because the screen's, like, an inch and a half tall. you can't put a thing like that on, like, the the freaking iPod touched is better than that phone. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it, but... Yeah, I mean, I think it's great that, you know, now they have smartphones and whatnot, but of course... They moved them to more practical systems before they could take advantage of the of the smartphone revolution. Like I feel like this would probably make a really good iPhone game, it would. especially with all the zipping around. Like I feel like the world ends with you, for instance, would work really well on an iPhone oh, with all the you know moving around Neku and whatnot. And you could do certain gestures with your fingers to to do the certain pin functions, yeah, like the circle cool. and they have like one game. and whatnot. Square Enix has like one game on the iPhone. And it's some Final Fantasy game. There's another one too, actually. I downloaded the demo for the other one because I have an iPod Touch, and it was lame. But I've heard that the Final Fantasy game is kind yeah. of good, but it's like a tactic game. And you know, like that's cool. But if you're gonna put a game on an iPod Touch, make it like a uh, movement and action-oriented game, like The World Ends With yeah. You or something. Yeah, make it something like As, that to take advantage of that giant touch, you know, touch-sensitive screen. Yeah, as well. So, I mean, I'm not against Recoded being on the DS. I, I mean, it's pretty cool. I like that it's out in America, or whatever. And I think if someone I know gets it, I might borrow it for a day and see what it's yeah. like. But I'm not going to go out. And Especially buy it. <laughs> if it carries that ridiculous. What What did we figure out? It was something about sixty bucks in yen. Oh, yeah, Recoded. Like what? Like why <laughs> Is the it- hell? <laughs> Why, like, that's that's as much as your average PS3 game. It was, like, little different episodes that you had to buy separately for, like, two bucks each. Uh, see, I mean, that wouldn't be so bad, especially if you could sort of read a description well, yeah, first. yeah, I, I would want to do that if it was on, again, the iPod. That'd be awesome. Played at school. Recoded <laughs> would make a lot of sense to put on PSN. Yeah. And, um, you know, be able to buy episodic content, yeah, but basically. But having it for $60 on the DS is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. I guess we'll see how it is in America. I feel like I saw it on Amazon already. What? Yeah, I think I saw pre-orders for it, although they tend to jump the gun, and a lot of times it's not an Amazon-sanctioned item. Oh. It's like a, yeah. Well, we'll see. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm not, guess... I'm not excited for this, but I'm not going to diss it just yet. <laughs> I'm not going to bash it yet. We'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. And our last bit of news is that um, our, our buddy, Utana Hikaru, is going to take a break from singing, which... You would know if you follow the U blog for uh, Utada's uh, both official site and her um, her like kind of unofficial fan site, but that she visits quite often in sanctions. Um, she's going to take a break from music and concentrate on her personal life. And it's uncertain whether or not she's going to return to perform in a Kingdom Hearts related music. But she will be releasing her Utada Hikaru single collection, Volume 2. I actually have the first one this year so at least her fans will have something to look forward to and um did you guys see there was an article that was posted i I believe it was off of GameSpot, Mm. but it looked like it was on a fan-based sub page i I showed you it i posted it on facebook yeah 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 that's right it was funny because like somebody posted it on the forums i forget who it was i'm sorry i forget your name 
but they posted it under the Kingdom Hearts um, Union, I think it was our last episode, the 16th episode, and um, they said, did you see this? And I looked on it, and if you remember from our last episode, we had a question that was like, if uh, Utada Hikaru couldn't do the next installment of Kingdom Hearts, who would you want instead? Well, now Lewis. that's become a bit of a <laughs> truth that there is now going to have to be another person or they're just going to do another remix of Simple and Clean or something for the next game. Yeah, so. I mean, I think at this rate, if Kingdom Hearts 3 hasn't even been announced as in concept or in development, there's a chance that she might return to singing before they even need her. If Seeing they... as it hasn't been announced and they take four years to make a title nowadays... There's a I good chance she, she might come back for that. Of time to come back. I mean, Disney tends to want to spend a lot of money for consistency, especially with their actors and with their musical talent. Like, I know they couldn't get, like, say, Robin Williams back for the second Aladdin movie, but that was because, I guess, he wasn't paid enough. But they got him back for the third one, it's, and, you know. It seems like they're kind of losing it anyway, because, I mean, Kyrie is now voiced by someone else. I, You know what? I think that's... I, th- I think that was actually a change for the better because Hayden Panettiere seems to have lost her touch with how she sounded at all <laughs> when she was like 14. But so I think they basically wanted to find somebody who could sound young because she sounded kind of, she sounded kind of sultry in Cage 2. And also the fact I that... I mind her in Cage 2. The fact that Eris has changed multiple times. Thank God. Thank goodness. <laughs> We love uh, whoever her new person Mandy is. Mandy Moore, I think. M- Mandy Moore was the first one, Mandy and she Moore's was she was oh, yeah. great. I'm so sad they couldn't get her back, because the first Kingdom Hearts was like star studded. They even had like I think Sean Astin was Hercules. They had Billy Zane <laughs> as um, and as, as Hades, and that's all that matters. They had, um, they had James Woods as Hades for like everything so far. Yeah, they have totally awesome. And um, they had uh, David Berniaz as uh, Leon. They had... Um, oh, yeah. They... Oh, wait, he was... Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. He was Angel. That was... Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're um... going to just have a fangirl moment. <laughs> I am a huge Buffy and Angel geek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm into Bones right now, and I'm watching Bones, and he's doing that. Oh my god, that's so cool! In um, in Kingdom Hearts two, unfortunately, they had to replace him with Doug Erholtz, but um, I think that he actually sounded a lot like him, so it was all good. But you know, honestly, the Final Fantasy characters only had little bit parts in the first game, so I am not surprised that they couldn't get them back for more dialogue the second time around. I don't even think that Haley Joel Osment is up to much, and you know, as long as they can, that's good. Cough up I want enough him money. To stay, so. Oh yeah, there's no replacing him. I, I think he did a great job in Cage too, you know. Have you Neither heard his nor... Have you heard his real no. voice? They did no. They did interviews uh, right before Kingdom Hearts 2's release, and actually, we were all really excited about them when they came out because so we finally heard the English he when he started doing Kingdom Hearts because he sounds like he's like ten. Yeah, he was he was like I believe like fourteen or fifteen, but he was okay. kind of a baby faced kid. Okay, and, and I when think he did Kingdom Hearts 2, he was like, I, like 18 or something. Kingdom Hearts 2, yeah, closer to that. Well, I think he's, um, isn't he our age, or is he a little older than us? I'm trying I mean, to remember how old he was in The Sixth Sense and when The Sixth Sense came out, because that that's my only timestamp with him. Like six. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to look. I feel like he's three or four years older than us. You know, they always seem to pull off characters younger than they really are. <laughs> so, um... But yeah, I remember hearing him in those interviews. I believe you can still find them 
They released them, I believe, on a gaming website. I forget which one. Might have been IGN. He's only and uh, he's only one year older than us. One year? Oh, okay. He was Not born too 1988. Bad. Oh, one year older oh, okay. than you guys. Six than me. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> but, but um. Either way, like yeah. I, I kind of want Utada to stay for um Kingdom Hearts three, yeah. like, you know, in eight years or something. But if they have to switch her out, it's not that bad because they have like a giant talent pool in Japan to pick all these great really uh, American and Japanese singers that can like sing in two different languages or whatever. Just please don't take a random English song and put it there like you yeah. did for thirteen because that was not cool. I mean, as as good of a singer as Leona Lewis is, they didn't have to change it entirely. Like, really. They really didn't. The The Japanese ending to, to Final Fantasy Thirteen was gorgeous. I wish oh, they I hadn't know. done that. Especially since, you know, Sutekidana really hit it well, hit, hit off yeah. well with fans over here. I don't think there would have been a problem this time. I, I think they were trying to market it to a broader audience this time. I didn't think it was too cool that they redid Real Emotion with an English band. Because that wasn't... Um, yeah, I mean, I at least I the singer was Japanese. decent. She was decent, yes, but, like... What's, yeah, Kodakumi. What's funny about that cool. is the fact that it was like it was done in English twice. There was um, oh I know the direct <laughs> translation, which was I'm I'm sorry, I apologize, but that was terrible English. It was awful. It did not it make funny. sense. It was so funny. It was funny, it was... but it was like heartbreaking too because you're just like oh no, like it's a car <laughs> fail, Kodakumi oh, fail. The world of early motion has surrounded. <laughs> Like yeah, and and she has really bad English accent. Yeah, unfortunately, so beautiful lyrics, yeah. but oh. oh yeah, but you know, I guess my last point on Itada that I think might be in favor of her possibly returning is that she so recently tried to break back into the American musical scene with her single, uh, her single, her album. This is the one that I don't think that she would turn down the opportunity if it arose after she takes her well-deserved break to once again have her music featured in something that's so popular in America where she's currently trying to market herself. Yeah. Mm. So hopefully after, and, and I think every music musician needs a little break after a while. Considering I mean, how much like exposure they have. Yeah. Like, and like, dude. she just, she just went on a tour. Like she was just running around America. I saw her like, she's <laughs> not, she hasn't disappeared off the radar yet. She was active so recently and more active than usual because it's not like you tour every day. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think she has a lot of time to, you know, recover and whatnot. And just this news about her taking a break, I don't think has any direct implications on the future of the Kingdom Hearts music yet. Just yet. I mean, it's something we have to consider and prepare ourselves for just in case she doesn't come back. But... I don't think we should count our chickens before they hatch. She has like six years. So. Yeah, she she really does. <laughs> if they haven't announced it yet, she's got a while. By then, there's probably going to be a new system out. <laughs> so, all right. So next, we have our question segment. All right. So Fozzie is going to take the first one. Okay. So, um... Final Fantasy Superfan asks, Hey Lauren, in the podcast, you said that Kingdom Hearts 1 was your first RPG, right? I also have heard you said this a few times before in other episodes, so I really want to know in detail, how did you guys know about Kingdom Hearts and then fall in love with it? Oh, 
Um, good question. Actually, Fozzie is partly to blame for this. <laughs> um, but I remember when I was like 11 or 12, do you guys remember the Disney Channel Disney Secret Lab that they had? It was like a, yeah. it was like, it wasn't like an infomercial. It was just like a quick thing they threw in. And I remember that was, I think the first thing they ever covered on that. And they were showing, you know, oh, yeah, you get to control this this little dude and, and run around in Disney worlds. And, of course, they were focusing more on the Disney aspect than the square aspect. In fact, I thought originally that Sora was this silent protagonist that's just sort of supposed to be you inserted into the Disney world. So it really surprised me when I first got the game and he was actually a sentient character. <laughs> And um, so mm-hmm. in like 2005 or so, I finally got a PS2 because my parents are very traditional and didn't want to get their, their daughter a game system. So once my little brother was old enough to get one, they got one. And um, I borrowed Kingdom Hearts from Fozzie. The only thing I'd seen of it before was those commercials. And uh, I watched my cousins when they first got it in like 2003 or something. I watched them doing the race on Destiny Islands. And they were determined to win that thing. They thought they had to win to keep going. So we kept miserably failing, and it was really funny to watch. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that was my very first, I guess, RPG for, for traditional systems. I've, I've played other games on, on the computer, though. How did you guys found out, find out about it? I first heard about it um, a really long time back. It was when it first was announced, actually. It was announced... Um... I actually don't even know when it was, but uh, I was subscribed to Game Informer, which is a very popular magazine over here. I don't know if it carries out outside of our country. And I just remember one article detailing this game called Kingdom Hearts, which they only really featured a lot of the Disney characters at the time. I remember they featured the Tarzan world, and they featured... um, the Nightmare Before Christmas world and all this stuff, and you couldn't really yeah. read. There was uh, like subtitles, but you couldn't really read them because they were all in Japanese. And um, <laughs> I got really excited about this game um, from then. And then I saw previews on TV for it, and then I started getting more excited because I just liked the incorporation of music and all that stuff. And it's a lot different when you actually see it. Um, in movement opposed to just seeing it in an article and um, then I finally got a PS2 and I was able to buy it and um, yeah so then I started playing it and that's how it all started. I I feel like you were also really excited about the inclusion of Final Fantasy right? Um, I didn't really know about the inclusion of Final Fantasy until like really late. I I, uh, don't remember a lot about finding out about uh, Final Fantasy characters that were going to be in it, like, right off the bat. I think it was more so the Disney aspect that I like. Because I I don't necessarily remember the article, but I think they only showed, like, maybe Squall or something like that. I think they might have featured Cloud. They featured Cloud in one of the trailers, I know. I saw him. But mm-hmm. other than that, I didn't really see much else for Final Fantasy on that. But after I figured that out, then I was a lot happier and excited for the game. <laughs> How about you, Marina? How did you find out, Marina? Oh, uh, I had a funny story. Um, so it came out in, like, 2003, right? I was uh, 8 or 9 when that happened, because I'm Whittle. And um, 
Uh, my dad, we had we didn't have any other game systems besides a Game Boy Advance that I had bought myself uh, like that year because my mom was completely against game systems of any kind. So my dad, um, who is like who was like super into uh, games because he's a dude, um, had been shopping on eBay for like a couple days trying to find a good deal that would just sell him a PS2 and a couple games to go along with it. So he found this neat deal with the PS2 and like 25 random games that this guy was selling. So he bought it. And I um, had, was originally not planning on using it because he had bought like mostly T-rated games and stuff that he wouldn't let me play. But then one day he just kind of came up to my room and looked with the game and he was like, with his uh, with his accent, he got the name wrong. He was like, oh, Marina, there's this uh, there's this game in my in my box that I got and it's called uh, Lion Kingdom <laughs> Art or something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I had no idea what he was talking about, but I went downstairs <laughs> and uh, popped it in and tried to play it. And I was like... This game is the coolest thing ever! And I just was immediately obsessed with it. And my mom was kind of mad at my dad for getting me into video games when I was like nine. She was like, he can't, he, she can't play the PS2. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then I didn't play it for like a year after that because oh, I, I didn't manage to finish it because we moved to France and uh, we had to get a new PS2 because they're not region free. Um, then in France, I got Kingdom Hearts 2 because I'd seen my friend play it uh, when I went back to America one year. I thought it was totally awesome. And from there on out, after I got Kingdom Hearts 2 and then Chain of Memories and then replayed Kingdom Hearts 1, it was pretty much, you know, downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. Love. Love, 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 love. <laughs> <laughs> so much love. All right. So our next question comes from MacCryLinda1. I'm sorry if I butchered that. She asks, she or he, sorry, do you think Kingdom Hearts could ever be made into a film? And if so, should it be based on one of the games or have an entire new entirely new plot written especially for the film version that could act as a continuation of the series so i guess they mean like avent children style i think that kingdom hearts would be a giant hit with the disney final fantasy crowd and probably do really well in the box office actually i think it would make i think chain of memories would make a freaking awesome movie yeah but like personally i think the rest of the games are a bit I too, like, too spaced out and stuff like they don't really have they have a linear plot line but i mean they're way they're very adventurous and movies never work mm. typically they never work like brilliantly when everything is just like adventure all the time based off of a game they have to actually have like a concrete storyline to follow and chain of memories really does that so i think that would make a really kick-ass movie if it were like cg or something yeah yeah i agree what do you think fozzy i feel like the hardest thing about it is the fact that um there's so many copyright copyrighted disney movies in there and it's just like seeing the same Disney movie over and over again, like, seeing the same Disney movie. That's true. You know, like, I don't know. Mm. It's It just seems like, it seems like it could be difficult to do with regards to that. Like, yeah, it would be I extremely mean, realistically, long. Realistically, I, I agree. Yeah. Like, Things like I Harry mean, Potter, it's okay to put out, like, two parts or whatnot to, to flesh out a giant long plot line. But I could possibly see that rather than, you know if they're branching out to all these different mediums of game system and whatnot, why not make a film? I mean, Advent Children was a huge, at least cult hit and they could use that to, you know, relay a story that might not have made the greatest game, but would work really well just as a movie that we watch and enjoy rather than have to participate in. Oh yeah. It'd be nicer yeah. if they kind of made a new little story added onto the end. Maybe if they made Kingdom Hearts 3 as the movie instead of making the game. I mean, 
I feel like we've had this question before and, you know, we would really love to see a movie. I guess it would just be more about the logistics. Um, I personally think it's a realistic future little spinoff or whatnot, but we'll see how that goes. So the uh, last question is um, going to be Marina's. Go ahead, Marina. Weehoo. All right. Um, this question is from Emerging Garu, the week to wind, personal reference. And um, he or she uh, asks, what is your favorite Heartless? And if you could create your own, what would it look like? Um, well, my dilemma <laughs> is that I do not know what the Heartless are called in English because I never read Jiminy's journal because I was dumb. And I have a guidebook that has all the Heartless's names in it, but it's in French. So... <laughs> Um, I can uh, tell you. <laughs> that's a problem. I the names are all different. Like I like there's this one called like a like eh. the Edip, the Edipiaf or something, and it's like the Helicopiaf, and it's that little flying thing. It's like the Gabili. There's a bunch of them in uh, Mulan. It's the army that that Shan Yu sends on you, and you have to kill them a bunch of time, uh, times. But really, oh, I yeah. like the shadows and the Neo shadows best because they're like creepy and they're made of shadow and they're awesome. I, to be honest, I really just like the cute little shadows, <laughs> the ones that, uh, the one that, the ones that aren't manufactured, the, uh, the little shadows that yes. disappear into the ground and run under your feet. The one that Sora turned into, I think they're freaking adorable. And I wish I had a plushie of one. I want, I want a plushie of one. <laughs> um, I think my favorite is, uh, there's one part in the very beginning of Kingdom Hearts one where, uh, you go into that back alley, and um, you meet the kind of armored shadows, the ones that have, like, all the clunky armor on oh, them, yeah, and the they soldiers. kind of run, like, really... Oh, they yeah. They just flail <laughs> their those. arms, and you hear their armor all shaking and stuff. I think they're cute. I, I like them. Um, they were really... They were really annoying to beat at first, but I think they're fun anyway. I think they're funny well, to look well, at. Well. I know exactly which ones you're talking about. So yeah, that would be my choosing. If I could create my own, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not creative <laughs> in creating monsters in my head. Well, I would totally I'll have one that looks like a Gundam, but because I'm looking at my Gundam figurines sitting above my head right now. Yeah. And I think it would be totally awesome. Yeah. Wait until <laughs> you get to Mitsuo's Dungeon in P4, you will get your fill of those. All right. <sighs> Awesome. So. Or something really goofy, like the back half, an, half of an ox or something, because they have really I dumb. would like one that looks like a Digimon. Oh, Digimon. Yeah, honestly. I agree. <gasps> yes! Love Digimon! So, I guess that is it for questions, and uh, let us move on to our outro. Can't believe we're already at our outro. Alright, so you can catch us on iTunes. The next show will be on September 28th. And listeners, please send your ideas and questions. We need them to survive. Nom nom. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anybody have anything interesting they're up to? School. <gasps> Back school. at school. School lol. <laughs> um, I got covered in paint yesterday. Uh, painting the stage. I have like black paint all over my legs, and I came home yesterday. And my grandma was like, "Um, what? Did you come home from kindergarten or something? Like, why do you have paint all over <laughs> you?" I'm just like, eh, I was painting the stage. Yeah, you know. You know. You know how it is. So, other than that, I'm not doing much. Yeah, I'm just, I'm back to school. Fun times. Um, not fun times. Uh, I, I want to be out of high school. Distantly in the future. I, I don't know if I'll, you know, either mention this on the next podcast or whatever, but 
I'll be at New York Anime Fest in early October, so which is also New York Comic Con. So if you see me there, say hello. I'll be as Soji from P4. So, um, all right. I guess that is it for this episode. So would you guys like to say your goodbyes? Farewell, dear listeners. Bye, guys. And I am Lauren saying goodbye. This has been a Tweaks Music and KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.